Paul, so in recent months, I've just kind of been following more and more just DC people on Twitter, just to just to always like have my finger on the pulse of more DC content. Mm-hmm. And I want to share with you a wonderful May 17th tweet from Julie Patton Lawson. And she tweeted, a Metro bus flagged not in service, stopped at the bus stop in front of my house and sat for a bit. Seemed unusual. So I looked outside. The driver was getting a book from my little free library. Oh, yes. That's adorable. <laughs> Isn't it? Just the idea of, of parking an enormous Metro bus in front of that <laughs> tiny little cabinet of books. <laughs> Must have been something good in there. Uh, what would it be? What do you think they'd, they'd pick out, Paul? Maybe, maybe John Grisham. Maybe some Michael Crichton. Yeah, a Tom Clancy, maybe. Yep, there you go. But also, before we get today's show started, Paul, I want to ask you a, a question that I've been wanting to ask you for a long time now. Okay. Is Billy Eilish chuggy? <laughs> I don't even know if I'm qualified to answer that question. I'm so Gen <laughs> X. I feel like I feel like the whole chuggy thing is just designed to piss us off. I uh, I learned about Chugi like really fast, like once it appeared. So I just like got on my phone and texted people that question immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so thrilled when all these people were like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yes, you are on it. Yep. Just on the on the cutting edge of Chugi. Anyway, who's first on this week's show, Paul? First up, we have Freddie Hall here on Hometown Sounds.
Maybe I should wander Maybe I should go Welcome back to Hometown Sounds. We show you how DC parks a Metro bus in front of a little free library. I'm Tony Pareco. I'm Paul Vodra. Now we show you how DC rocks. Uh, I, I feel like we're not big enough to to be able to do that without like then repeating what our show is about. But I just lo- <laughs> I love I love the the fun insertion of something else. <laughs> and uh, speaking of something else, that was something good. It was something good too. That was an amazing song. Um, this is a Nova native singer-songwriter who has spent the last decade living in New York, but moved back to the D.C. area in March when the world shut down. He's also a Broadway musician. He's toured with Duncan Sheik's musical, Spring Awakening. First off, Paul, who is Duncan Sheik? Oh, man, I don't... <sighs> I'm barely breathing. Oh, yeah. Uh, 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 there you go. That 90s jam? Yep, yep. Uh, but this also made me think about... So, Spring Awakening, it's a uh, it's a musical about teens finding sex i saw a very bad production of it in college like a very bad community theater production of it mm-hmm. but this also made me think about how like paul i think i want to start another podcast with you just where you and i go to see and watch musicals and then talk about them oh my god <laughs> and it's called torturing paul all the time <laughs> oh man that'd be great Back to Freddie Hall. Freddie's music has been featured on This American Life. And uh, Freddie got in touch with us in February, uh, letting us know about him and that he's been back in the D.C. area. Thrilled that he did. Thrilled that we're playing his stuff on this week's show. Freddie is performing live at the Comus Inn Sunday, June 27th. The Comus Inn, which is located in Dickerson, Maryland. Uh, The Comus Inn, I hadn't thought about the Comus Inn forever. I grew up going to brunch at the Comus Inn, and the Comus Inn's brunch is amazing. Wow. But Freddie Hall, back to Freddie Hall, this track, Something Good, is the first single from his upcoming third studio album, Daisy, which is arriving this fall. Man, the production values on that song were incredible. The whole brass section, man, that was really fun. It was something good. <laughs> so, Paul, what's been going on with you? Um, I went to a wedding a few weeks ago, which was kind of my first event with people especially a lot of people that i did not necessarily know and this was a 
uh, a little bit of a destination wedding. It was kind of up uh, northern Maryland, like the the Maryland Pennsylvania border, at a nice little farm that was there. Were there animals? There were goats and cats. Goats and cats. Yes, getting along great. And so it was it was strange at the beginning to to show up and be like, okay, well, we're all we're all good here, so no masks are required. And we spent the weekend there and it quickly became feeling normal. And it was, you know, it was a great wedding and everybody was really happy about it. And it was almost like a little party to start to celebrate the end of this part of the pandemic, which hopefully will be the end of the whole pandemic. That would be really nice. Uh, you know, everybody who went to this wedding, you know, kind of helped out in some way. They they really organized it very well. And there were a lot of little committees and whatnot. So I got put on the what was dubbed the AV Club. Oh, cool. And I have a couple of big powered speakers that I bought for DJing weddings a long, long time ago, but they're still work because I haven't used them all that much. And so I brought those. And actually, we had two musicians who we have featured on the podcast who I had not really met before. Uh, one was uh, Philco, who we featured last year. And he has recently moved to San Francisco, um, but it was great to meet him and talk about Sam the Man Burns and also Caleb Latois. And so we all were helping out with the music part, but the people who were getting married put together a Spotify playlist and that's what we played from. So I, I had, you know, I had my mashups ready to go because you never want to be in a situation where you regret that you didn't bring something. So I brought it. I was ready to go, but... Some people bring a bottle of wine. Paul brings a bunch of mashups. I do. You never know when they're going to come in handy, but uh, but it wasn't... I, I really wanted to play them. I really wanted to play them, but I, I really felt like, nope, it's not not the right vibe. We need to stick to the Spotify playlist. But I, but I hovered behind the laptop as if I was DJing, and I think... It it made everything a little bit better. I think the the crowd liked it a little bit more when they felt like somebody was was on at the controls, and I felt great because I felt like I was pretending to run things, and people were having a great time. So that was. Uh, Did you play with the volume at all? Um, no, no, it was all set. You just stood. You just stood there. I just stood there, and occasionally I'd scroll, you know, and I'd scroll back. That's it. That's all I did. Did you have any like crates of records to look through to pretend that you might play through? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. No, because who brings crates of records to a wedding? Oh my god, that would be a nightmare. So, uh, you know, it was it was really really kind of emotional to to do something that felt normal and social and joyous. So, you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to getting back to see some live music, get that energy, just see some friends again. So, very exciting. What uh? Tell me about the music on the Spotify playlist that was arranged by the uh the happy couple. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was very poppy. It was pop music. It was pop music of like the aughts and the teens, I guess. Some of it I knew, and you know, I'll be honest. Some of it I was like, mm, I don't know what this is. I hope it's good. But uh, it really, I I've done a lot with the mashups, and I think one of the important things with the mashups is to understand when they will be appreciated and when people would be annoyed and really just want to hear the original version. And I think that was what the case was. That was the vibe I was getting was they just want to hear the songs they know and sing along and dance. They don't want to like have their minds blown really with the mashups. So, you know, it's fine. It's good. 
Was Earth, Wind, and Fire's September played? Yes, it was. It's a wedding. I just want to know so I can report back to my boss, whose aunt is a co-writer on that song. <laughs> it was played. It was well appreciated. Cool. So, Tony, what's been going on with you? Okay, so I have a, a trio of fun little things at work that have happened. The first is uh, I recently got an amazing new water bottle. Have you heard of the brand Hydro Flask? I've heard of it. Yep. Incredible. And what I mean by incredible is that I will put ice in it and the ice will stay in it in solid form for like over a day and a half. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So a connection I I recently made is that uh, I don't have an ice machine at my apartment. Uh, There are ice dispensers at work. So I've gotten into the habit of filling up my hydro flask with ice, you know, on my way out mm-hmm. so that I have a, you know, a big, a big tumbler of, uh, of ice for my own personal me. And this, this led me to like down the road of like, at what level and what point would it begin to be weird or inappropriate in terms of the amount of ice I'm taking from work? <laughs> Like, are you stealing office resources? Yeah. And like, is it okay? Okay. So I would say, I would say it's certainly okay for me to fill up my own water bottle with ice. Is it okay for me to fill up a second water bottle with ice? (laughs) I mean, if you're asking me, I say yes. How about a third bottle? Oh, I mean, sure. How about a cooler? (laughs) Now now you've gone too far, sir. (laughs) Yep, this is exactly the uh, the little debate I wanted to have with you to uh, just uh, hammer out those those uh, those lines of what's appropriate. Yeah, it's good to know. So there's a coda to my ice story, Paul. Okay. So a couple of weeks back, I was in the kitchen at work, and you know, you just bump into a, a coworker, mm-hmm. and my coworker opens the freezer. And she pulls out a little Ziploc bag of ice (laughs) and she turns to me and says, yeah, COVID has changed everything. Now, like, I'm afraid to uh, get ice at work because of of germs. So she's bringing ice in. I'm taking ice out. (laughs) Oh, man. So there's just all kinds of ice capades at work. (laughs) There you go. So So that's me and ice. Really enjoying it. Beautiful. So office anecdote number two. I was walking by a colleague's desk on the way to actually go get some ice. <laughs> and uh, she had what looked like to be like a kid's like toy wand. You know, like it's filled with liquid and sparkles and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just remarked to her on the way there. I said, cool wand. And she said, uh, can you find Elvis? And I said, what? And she said, it's a find Elvis wand. And inside of it, there's a little Elvis guy. Yep. And that you, you know, the goal is to find Elvis. And so uh, she invited me to find Elvis. I took the wand with me. Was like, I don't I don't, I don't fucking have time for this. <laughs> so on my way back, I dropped off the wand and said to her, too easy. <laughs> Damn. 
just because, like, you know, I'm just so I'm very sensitive about looking silly in front of coworkers, and I just thought I just didn't want to be in the position of saying no, I couldn't find Elvis. But like, really, the real answer was I don't have time for this. What if what if there is no Elvis in there? I mean, then that makes her a strange liar. Yes, it does. Yeah. So uh, let me move now to work anecdote number three. And that is that a realization I had like last week is I thought about all the time that I and we and everyone waste like fumbling in computer interfaces to change the volume of stuff. Mm. And I thought there's got to be a USB device for this. Mm. And there was. And uh, I asked my boss if I could order myself a USB volume knob and expense it because like all I do is just like move volume up and down all day long for different things. Mm hmm. And uh, he said yes. So now I have this amazing USB volume knob that also, like, you know, it has a little ratchet for each time you turn it. So it's so satisfying. Oh wow! Like I can't wait for us to hang out again so that I, so that I can I can watch you play with it. Yeah. Oh, it is gonna it is gonna satisfy your fidget urge. But also, it's a mute button as well, which is also great. Oh yeah. And if you press it six times, it puts it into double speed mode so you can move the volume up and down even faster. <laughs> wow, that's like a hidden hidden feature. So that, that, that's uh, sort of been my, my fun at work. <laughs> I also want to say something about the cicadas and about that I am, it's going terribly. Oh, no. So they gross me out terribly. Yeah. Like just so bad. Right. And... They litter the courtyard of my apartment complex, and I violently retch, like, whenever I see one. Oh, wow. And, like, like as in I will be walking and then just go, <laughs> and then this happens, like, six times on the walk to my car. Ooh. And I have physically vommed, like, twice. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so they are... They are- have a there there's a heavy presence of the cicadas in your development yep and i but i hear like just over the line in dc that there there's none yeah i know i did read that that you got to go out in the suburbs to hear them and i did read an article a few weeks ago that from somebody that was very sad that they had not encountered one yet but i feel like here in arlington they like it was within the last few days that they really got going Oh, it, it's cloudy with more than a chance of cicadas. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, do they bother you? Um, they don't bother me because I I know for a fact that they're harmless, that they're stupid, that they just fly around. Still, though, when one were to like crash into me accidentally, like I won't be able to help myself in terms of brushing it off and sort of jumping. And getting a little a little skeeved out, um, but like the conscious part of my brain knows that there's no need to do that. That they're totally harmless. That they're just going to bump into you and move on. And I try really hard when I do my little walks around the neighborhood just to get some steps in, really to not step on them because they are everywhere. Um, and I don't want to. I think it'd be gross to step on them. So I feel like I've been doing a pretty good job of not killing them all. 
That's cool. Great on you. I mean, I, yeah, cicada season. I can't wait for it to be over. (laughs) Yeah, it should be soon. And in the meantime, we just need to stay inside. Yeah. Cool. Um, So we should, uh, now that we've reported on everything that's going on, we should play some more great new music from another DC artist. Who's next, Paul? Next up is DJ Two-Tone Jones. And I want y'all to know that we switched up a swag a little bit in the studio, but that is y'all here on the radio, that is an official track. track. Yeah. Look, you 
greasy headed Jerry Curl wearing Crocker. Pay me and get the hell out of my store. That song was called The Curry Out by DJ Two Tone Jones. Got me hungry. Oh, I am in for to carry out some curry out. <laughs> DJ Two Tone Jones is the co founder of Shaolin Jazz which was conceived by him and Gerald Watson, uh, began as a mixed project whereby various jazz songs and breaks are fused with acapellas and samples from the iconic hip-hop group Wu-Tang Clan. From there, it has evolved into a series of innovative engagements and creative extensions that highlight the intersections between hip-hop, jazz, and martial arts culture. The Curry Out is the first offering from DJ Two-Tone Jones' highly anticipated album project called Contraband from India, which is dropping July 16th. The track features Uptown XO and Let the Dirt Say Amen at the peak of their game, going back and forth on the mic and the gifted Camelworth Katrina tying it all together on the hook. Drew Dave laced the beat and gave it the ultimate DC touch by using vocal samples from the legendary DJ Cool. The single is now up on the streaming platforms and Bandcamp has the original and instrumental and clean versions for the DJs to work out what they need to do. So that was some really, really fun stuff. Speaking of DJs, Paul, I sent you a link about this, that uh, 18th Street Lounge is opening back up in Blagden Alley. That is amazingly cool. And it's funny because I think you sent me that the day after I read another piece that somebody else is taking over the old 18th Street Lounge spot and calling it The Lounge. And the people behind the 18th Street Lounge have sent them a cease and desist letter because they don't, you know, that sort of copyright or trademark infringement. Their IP. Yeah, exactly. Even though it is a lounge and it is on 18th Street. You know, I mean, yeah. Mm, I think you should certainly be able to name your place the lounge. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, if they think there's confusion. But uh, anyway, back to Blagden Alley. Blagden Alley rules. It just has a history of cool stuff popping up and like restaurants, a boxing gym, um, just just a cool little development of just neat stuff just like goes there to open up. It's neat. Yeah, and I have been super happy that the 18th Street Lounge DJs are keeping the the vibe going on Twitch. A lot of them stream individually on Twitch, and, and the 18th Street Lounge has its own channel and the own schedule for showcasing their various DJs that they've had, you know, spinning there for years and decades. And I have really enjoyed, you know, seeing the notifications pop up on my phone putting the Twitch app on my TV going and watching the DJs spin and just loving the music. And it really makes me want to go back to the club. Um, Let's play another great new track from a DC artist. Who's next, Paul? Next up is Melk. Rinse 
That was Melk with a track called Let's Pretend This Never Happened. Melk, they, I learned about them. I think they just popped up on my Instagram. Somehow the algorithm put them in front of me. And uh, I'm so thrilled that I learned about them. Uh, also, man, I love a good jangly arpeggio at the top of that song. And just in songs in general. And also the uh, the sort of like, we're heading somewhere else in the outro. Mm. Where we're going, you know, it fades out. So you don't quite know. It's a nice touch. According to an April 26th tweet from the band, this is a song about regret. I read the lyrics all the way through. It's about like going on a handful of dates with someone and it doesn't work out. Uh, So Melk met via Craigslist. I learned this via a blog post from Melk bassist AJ DeGregorio's mom. The post's title, My Kid Is In A Band! Exclamation point. Yes, that's the kind of mom blogging I want to read. You can read more of AJ's mom's blog at lotusheartmindfulness.com slash blog. <laughs> Melk has been playing some, some outdoors shows. So thrilled. Hope I get to see him soon because that song slaps. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Paul, I just want to share a little, a little Tony musing with you. All right. And that is that uh, I don't know if I'm ever as happy as I am while going through my Netflix and then stumbling over the watch it again row before I realize it's my watch it again row. (laughs) You're like, look at all of these. I love that stuff. And then I'm like, oh man, I've already seen all that. (laughs) Sometimes you just got to watch it again though. That's what Netflix says. (laughs) Yep. Who's next on this week's show? Next up is Matt Ripito.
That song was called Ida by Matt Ripito. Matt Ripito is a baritone saxophone player who's performed with a ton of DC bands we love. Here's, here's a partial list. The Harry Bells, Shamans of Sound, Soul Power All-Stars, Le Rhinoceros, Igloo 2, Kid Gusto, The Archives, The Funk Arc, CI, and Thievery Corporation. I mean, jeez. Jeez. Wow. All killer, no filler. Love that guy. This song comes from Ripito's new album, which is called Northwest. It was recently released and available to buy on his Bandcamp page. This is what he wrote about the album. These songs were composed over the past 10 years. Some are older, composed in Washington, D.C., Northwest. Some are a little newer, composed in a northwestern portion of Brooklyn, New York, called Williamsburg. The newer pieces were composed in my Silver Spring home, which backs up to a beautiful stretch of the northwest branch of the Anacostia River. They were all arranged and recorded from my home studio during the 2020 global pandemic. Way to go, Matt. Yes. This actually uh, makes me think of... I recently heard some new tracks from um, Chuck E. Cheese's new album. <laughs> what? So, uh, yes, Charles Entertainment Cheese has released a new album. <laughs> so what's what's very strange, more than several of the songs on Chuck E. Cheese's new album are implicitly about COVID. Like ones, like there's a song about like going outside for the first time in a while. Yep. And then there, then there's a track about uh exploring new hobbies because you have to stay inside yep and the song is called crochet all day (laughs) (laughs) oh man so uh be on the lookout for that new release from charles entertainment cheese (laughs) follow him on Bandcamp. so tony who do we have next on the podcast next it's romance languages
Let's Get Out. That was a new song from Romance Languages. Romance Languages is the project of Dane DiPiero, a member of Distant Creatures, a very good band we've previously featured on the podcast, but who unfortunately are no longer together. Uh, that is a track from Romance Languages' five-song self-titled EP, which is a name-your-own-price download on Bandcamp. I learned about this release via a Bandcamp dispatch from Distant Creatures telling their followers about Dane's new EP, and I think that that is a cool post-mortem use of Bandcamp. Heck yes. I've noticed that a lot of people are using Bandcamp messages a lot more than they used to. Heck yeah, beauty pill. <laughs> yeah. It's not a day of the week without a, a little essay from Chad Clark. Those are those are all precious. I love them. Yeah, they're really great. Uh, but more about romance languages. Like many people quarantined indoors during the pandemic, Dane struggled to stay creative in an isolated environment, and uh, he decided to revisit some old demos he'd started years ago and finally finished this handful of songs, which include a very fun cover of The Smiths' Cemetery Gates. But uh, yep, Dane, you really scratched my pain of my pains of being pure at heart. Itch, great <laughs> job. Love this EP. And that almost takes us to the end of this episode of the Hometown Sounds podcast. Please follow and subscribe to it in whatever podcast app you favor these days. And let me say that uh, podcast reviews play a real role in a podcast visibility. So if you have the time, just uh, give us a podcast review. There you go. We are on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Hometown Sounds. Nice and easy. Barely have anything to remember. We have a website. It's hometownsoundsdc.com. And just as a little secret there, I have started posting music videos again. Last week, our friend Dennis Kane, aka The Hunted Hair, had a new music video, and he asked if we would premiere it. And I was like, okay, yeah, we haven't done anything in a while, but why not? Let's 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 do some more music videos. And then and then near northeast scrolled past me in the feed with their tiny desk contest entry and it was just so beautiful. And I said, okay, well, I got to do this again. So uh, please go to the website. Look at those music videos. There's going to be some more besides. Get some music videos in your life if you happen to like that sort of thing. I do. We also have an email address. It's dj at hometownsoundsdc.com. That means keep sending us your music, folks. We love it. We need it. And, uh, you know, keep up the good work. But really, of course, the important thing is to support all the musicians that you've heard on this podcast by buying their music. And seeing them play live like you can with this band. Paul, who is it? Next up, we have Ice Out. Love Ice Out. I know. So happy to have him back on the podcast. We last featured Ice Out in April of 2019 with the song Windows from their debut self-titled EP. They describe themselves as instrumental music that draws from ambient, chill wave, post-rock, and cinematic styles. Their new single, which we are going to play, is called Bougie, and it's available to buy on their Bandcamp page. And as Tony mentioned, Ice Out is playing live next at the return of the 7th Stay 9 Festival, coming up Saturday, June 19th at Rhizome, presented by our friends The Caribbean and the Essential Tremors podcast. Matt Byers, we love you. Oh, man. So awesome. The festival features DC music from Tag Cloud, Kahootek, John Camp, Boat Burning, the Luke Stewart Trio, and Don't Miss Ice Outs set promptly at 1.30 p.m. It's going to be like an all-day thing. Buy advanced tickets now for $20 because this event could sell out, 
I mean, like, I don't know what, I mean, they might cap the number of people that can attend and, you know, don't chance it. Don't chance it. Uh, people really want to get back and see some live music. I know I do. So I bought my tickets today just so I could get them before I told you all about it. So, so I wouldn't miss out. So, you know, let's all go see some live music. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Paul. And we will see you all next time. Thank you.